Welcome into episode 19 of the Godly Young Men Podcast. We are so close to episode 20. Uh, can't believe it's been this long. Flown by. Yes, we have tremendously enjoyed it. Um, we are on part two of what we're thinking is going to be kind of a three-part, so we'll have one more next week's series on leading your family um, as a godly young man. So last week we discussed uh, kind of what all the domains of life that you're expected to lead your family in as a godly young man, and we talked about how you need to lead your family physically. You need to lead your family intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, all those areas that we talked about kind of in a general overarching theme, thematic type of way, we got to be prepared to lead our families in every single one of those areas. And so what we wanted to do for this episode and then the next episode is drill down even further into what does that look like in two areas. Specifically, what does that look like when it comes to being a husband, mm. a godly husband, like specifically, so this is that's what this episode is going to be devoted to, is focusing on what does it look like to be a godly yeah. husband. And the next episode, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a godly father. Um, you guys have heard, uh, obviously, if you're members of the church or you know religious based, you've heard lessons and things about what it means to be a godly husband, father. Like you kind of know generally what people, most sure. people say, what the marriage books say, what the sermons say. But we're going to give practical stuff like do's, don'ts. This is what it should look like. Very practical things because, I mean, anybody knows, you know, you're supposed to be a spiritual leader, all that stuff. You get all that. And maybe some things you haven't heard. Um, yeah. We, we take a, a little bit of a different approach. We're new to marriage. We also love our spouses quite a bit. I think you have, you know, you and I have two of the better marriages. And, and I'm saying this, sure, very biasly. But at the same time, I think we have two of the better marriages that I've seen just because we have so much fun with it. And yes. we want to be able to pass some of that down for yeah. sure. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Joe a question uh, here in a second that's going to get us into it. Before we do, we haven't asked for this in a while. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy listening, um, whether that be through podcasts or through YouTube, um, give us a rating, give us a review, like, um, subscribe on your podcast app, subscribe on YouTube. Um, every little bit helps as far as that goes. And as always, we appreciate the comments and feedback. So make sure and do all those things. But Joe, to get us into this officially, I'm going to ask you, culture and society have kind of really sold young people a bad bill of goods when it comes to marriage. That's exa- that's actually the way that you put it when we were prepping this. It, they've kind of painted it in a negative light and, and yeah. given very negative connotations associated with marriage to the point where young people don't really view marriage in a very positive light anymore. Right. Speak a little bit to why that is and also how we can, as godly young men, kind of turn the tide and start looking at marriage in a sure. much better light. Sure. You can look at the historical context of how we got here where, like, everybody was married back then. My dad... Yeah. My dad comes from, he's a product of divorce. And at the time, he was born, won't say exactly when to, to uh, but. Don't want to give it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, before the sexual revolution of the 70s and all that, really, he's a baby boomer. Divorce was very uncommon at the time. And so marriages, I mean, it, it mattered to have a good marriage. And, and so that was, it was a sad situation, but he grew up in uh, Utah. Well, in Utah, it's Mormon. Like nobody, it, it's, it's the nuclear family is huge. Yeah. And so. You look at progressively where marriage has gone with no-fault divorce being allowed and everything else, and you have... It's not near the priority that exactly. it once was. Exactly. It's, it's fallen apart, and people just don't prioritize it that much. But you hear phrases, and this is in the church. That's not just in the world. That's in the church. But you hear phrases like, ah, the old ball and chain, right? Yeah. And that's maybe not the one you hear as much anymore, but all of the songs and all of the you know all of the movies and all of the tropes that, that get played out of like, well, the stupid husband, and, and he's just the... Kind of the doormat. The honey, the honey do list, and basically you lose all masculinity. That's when you exactly get married, it. And your wife is never going to sleep with you again, and and you know it's just going to be miserable. And 
you got the seven year itch and oh, just wait until you have kids. Just wait until after the honeymoon period ends after six months, a year, however long you yep. can make it last. And it's like, why in the world would I want to get married? Or in condescending stuff like, oh, isn't, isn't that sweet? They're so in love. That's or exactly. they're in the honeymoon phase three years into marriage. Right. Like, just wait. Yeah, just, just wait. wait till 10 years down the road. That's so frustrating to hear as a young person. No and doubt. You, sorry to interrupt you. I'll let you continue. Good. But you think about the evidence for this is young people aren't getting married until late That's 20s exactly these it. days. Exactly we look it. at a 22-year-old that gets married and goes, man, you got married young. Right. That hasn't been the case for decades. I mean, people were getting married at 16, 17. That's right. But consider the Gen Xers. Consider the, the millennials' parents and specifically the Gen Zers' parents. Yeah. Um, horrible divorces, right? Yeah. So, and, and a lot of these happen when the kids get into their 20s. And then the parents, okay, they're out of the house. We haven't liked each other for the last 20 years, so let's just call it quits. Right. right? Now we've gotten the kids out on their own, and it's not going to have any fallout. It absolutely does. Because what that does to me, if my parents divorce after you know I go to college, and man, mom and dad are no longer, why would I want that? Right. Because if I can go 20 years and hate it the majority of the time, or 25 years, you know, that's a big one. Oh, wow, 25, 25th anniversary. If you're miserable for 21 of those years, right. and you're just going to get divorced after the kids leave the house anyway. You don't have anything to be congratulated Why? Over. Why would I want to? Yeah. And so that's really the problem. And that's what we wanted to paint first is you may have been told, and your parents maybe, or, or other people you see, especially people in the church can do this, they may take a negative view and they may try to not talk you out of it, but they don't realize how discouraging that yeah. can be. Yeah, exactly. And, and denigrating it. And we're here to say marriage is incredible. Yeah. It really is what you make it. And that's why we're having this episode. And it should be pursued and it should that's be right. striven after. And look, we could devote every, all 30 minutes of this to scripture and about right. what all God says about marriage and being a husband. But again, you've heard the classes, the sermons, the the every fill in the blank. Again, you've 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 read everything. You know what scripturally what God says about being a husband and um, leading a family. And so we're not going to spend a ton of time on that. We do here want to, want to bring in a little bit of scripture because it is incredibly important to know sure. basically really what God does expect of husbands. And one that I'll bring up and I'll get, let you bring up the other one is Ephesians chapter five, um, where Paul really lays out the husband, the wife's role. He talks about how the wives are to submit to the authority of the husband as he's laying out the hierarchy and, you know, wives are to submit. Later on down, he says kids are to submit to their parents and bond servants to their masters. And he's, so, he's laying out the hierarchy. Yep. But also, for about, what, goodness, eight to ten verses of that, he's really laying the responsibility heavily on the shoulders of the husband, saying, love your wives as Christ loved the church, which is a monumental task in and of itself. Cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Treat her in such a way that Christ treats his bride, the church. That's not something we can take lightly. Right. That's not right. something we can... You know, look at and say, oh, yeah, no problem. Let me check that one off my list. That's a really, really big deal. And so pursue marriage. Marriage is great. We should be looking at marriage excitedly, but also with a little bit of seriousness as well because of verses no like doubt. that. No doubt. First Peter 3, 7 uh, talks about husbands live with your wives in an understanding way. And what it specifically says there, treating her as the weaker vessel, she's the woman, right? But he says, so that your prayers may not be hindered. I mean, yeah. that seems like a really, big, a really deal. big deal. Really big deal. If you got... if if marriage is to mirror Christ in the church and if I think the family is to mirror the Godhead and if that's going to hinder your prayers if you're not treating your wife well do you think God takes this pretty seriously right. the the husband's role how many husbands do we see that we'll get to fathers next week but how many husbands do we see that kind of shirk this responsibility and yeah. that look at it and go what's the big deal you know the two individuals in the marriage and, and my wife is responsible for her and, and you know what we see at the very beginning is Adam 
being given Eve, meaning he is to take responsibility for her. And I've heard it and I don't know where it is. I'm, I'm ripping somebody off, but it's such a great point. The glory of the man was that he was created first. The glory of the woman was that the man was incomplete without her. Yeah. And I think that has to stand you in the You saw that for me. That was definitely mine. That had to quote. be you. Yeah. That's where it was. That's where it was. <laughs> Will not. is a smart guy. Definitely not. Um, but you were created first as the man, meaning yeah. you're to take dominion over your wife, not in a domineering way, living with her in an understanding way. But as the leader, you're going to be held 100% responsible. And we hit that last week about, listen, when you're leading a family as the young, as the man, it's on you. It's not on your wife. It's not on your kids. God's going to look at you right. and say, why did you lead them in this right. way if you lead in a poor way? And so we're going to get into some of the general areas of responsibility here. But one of the things that we wanted to say before we really got into that is pursue marriage for the right reasons. Mm. There's a lot of young men that pursue, maybe not marriage so much, but they pursue girls and they pursue, yeah. pursue a relationship and they pursue uh, dating or maybe even marriage for the sake of they're they're lonely or yeah. they just want a companion or they think ah, that's just kind of what i'm supposed to do right if that's the reason you're pursuing marriage then don't because right. and the reason we say that is because of what we just laid out and because of how big of a deal it is and we're not trying to scare anybody off but we see a lot of young men that are diving headlong into relationships and chasing that's after right. girls and really just want to go full speed ahead into marriage for the wrong reasons, because they don't want to be lonely. Right. Or again, all the things that I mentioned, that's not good. So many of those take the, well, you complete me. Right? Yeah. You complete me, that idea. I'm just looking for the girl who's going to complete me. And really what it is, is it's poor attachment where you don't feel as loved. And you're trying to fill that void by going after a girl. And if I can get this girl to love me, what's the problem with that? Well, if I can get her to love me, who else can I get to love me? Yeah. And you're finding you're, it in, in, thing, in other people. That's right. And yeah. so you consistently bounce and you'll see these serial daters that... You know, they want to date every single girl in the youth group and they want to date every girl at, at school or whatever it is. And even if they're not that, a lot of times we can look for, I really want that girl to complete me. No, no, no. You complete yourself and God completes you. You come 100% prepared to step into marriage. And because you will share 100% of the responsibility for, you know, if, if Eve falls and God comes to them and if he had said, Adam, you partook of the fruit too, you know, you're, that's, right. that's your downfall. No, no, Adam, you listen to the voice of your wife. Your job was to lead, and we talked about this some last week, but your job was to and lead. And you didn't. And you didn't. Yep. And so if you're going to take 100% responsibility here for yourself and then also for your wife and her <laughs> sins and everything else, we better take this seriously. And we can't just be playing at it going, boy, I really want to get married. I'd love to have a wife. You know, it'd be really good if I just had a had a, a godly woman. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Because are you prepared to take leadership and the responsibilities present? And we're about to get into and what again, those responsibilities are. We're fi- we're we're trying to take a, 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 there's a fine line here that we're trying to balance because we don't want to paint marriage as this high mountain of responsibility that it's going to be impossible for you to climb. So you might might as well not even try. We're not saying that it's worth pursuing. It is enjoyable. It's great. It's marvelous. God designed it. It's great. So we're going to get to some of the practical things here in just a bit that that do make it fun and the things that we would recommend and encourage things like, Hey, go on trips together and just kind of stuff like that, that maybe again, you're not going to necessarily read in every single marriage book, but before we do, we feel obligated to talk about here are the responsibilities that you have when you're leading your wife as a husband. We talked in a general sense last week about leading your family. And again, very, very vague and kind of general sense specifically here when it comes to being a husband on the spiritual side of things, you are responsible for leading your wife spiritually. Now, it's easy for me to say that. What does that mean? You're responsible to constantly self-diagnose and self-examine not just your own soul, but your wife's soul. How's her walk with God? Is she falling into temptation? Is she 
uh, neglecting her Bible study? Is she neglecting her prayer life? Are you leading her in, in Bible right. study in your prayer life? These are things that you don't think about before you're married because, of course, you're only really concerned for you and your walk right. with God and things like that. When you get married and you make that decision, you now have another soul that you're spiritually responsible for as a man, that being your wife, to make sure that her walk with God is going well. Yeah, no doubt. And we can have that. My job is to bring home the bacon. Yeah. And she gets to basically do everything else. Well, if we're going to do a family Bible study, I guess, you know, well, my wife will probably have to lead it because I'm too busy working. Or, or I'm exhausted. I'm yeah. exhausted. You know, man, it's, we just didn't get to it. But I'm glad my wife kind of does some Bible with the kids. That so, ain't great. That's not great. <laughs> but, you know, my wife, well, what's what's your wife's Bible study like? I don't know. I Ask her. <laughs> exactly. I get up. I go to work. I mean, yeah, I know we go to Bible class together. And say, Wrong answer. Yeah. Wrong answer. You need to know where your wife stands with God. How's her prayer life been recently? And if it's not good, what are you doing about it? Right. Are you helping her? Are you getting down on your knees and praying with her? Are you getting in the Word and opening your Bible? Maybe having you both wake up and you might have to roll her out of bed or she might have to roll you out of bed <laughs> a little bit earlier to, to make sure you fit in that Bible study time together. It's that important. So when we think about the spiritual leader, there will come a time in every relationship. And I can think of the one that happened in mine. You, if For those that are in a relationship, you may think about this if you've been married. Where the woman will push back on something. That's her role. She's pushing boundaries to sure. kind of figure out where does she stand? What are you going to stand up to? That's all natural part of the process. I, you don't hate the woman for it. Nothing like that. It's normal. But you have a decision to make in that moment. Am I going to stand up and be the man? And am I going to lead her and lead the family ultimately when you yeah. have kids? And lead the relationship? And I'm going to be the one where the buck stops with me? Or am I going to pass off? Because that's what I, that's what a nice guy's supposed to do. Right. Yeah, I'm just supposed to kind of let the woman roll right over me. Happy that's, wife, happy life. That's right. Happy wife, happy life. You hear that and you go, wow, so I guess I'm just kind of the loser who gives her money. Chop liver. And, yeah, yeah, chop liver. Why would anybody want that? We're back around to that. So the happy wife, happy life is garbage. Just be honest. It's garbage. Your wife is not always going to be happy with you. If you're pursuing what God wants you to pursue and you're pursuing the headship in the family, she may not like it. She, going to Ephesians 5, is to respect it. Yeah. And she respects you a lot more when you're showing her how you're loving her. You don't just do it willy-nilly. Yeah. You do it with her in mind. Sorry, I was just thinking, Joe could very easily go for 30 minutes taking a baseball bat to happy wife, happy life. <laughs> he could have gone <laughs> for so much longer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll dial it in. But it, yes, it is uh, not a not a good uh, was that mantra to live no. by in your marriage. But moving on, because all that is incredibly valuable and, and worth considering right. for sure. Um, financially. As far as responsibilities go, um, a lot of young men pursue marriage when they're not in any financial state. They're, they're not really ready for marriage financially. Right. you got to be ready, and that's, that's one right. of the things we were talking before. I'm 100% going to make sure my kids know that I want them to pursue marriage, but they better be, specifically guys, of course, uh, my son, you better be ready to provide for her. Yeah. You better be ready to make sure that you are making enough that's money right. to where she's not going to be worried about having food on her table or a place to live. You, you know, you hear stories about you know young people that get married just because they're so in love and they want to get married and they don't want to wait and then they're asking their parents for money or they're, right. they're looking out the hand bumming yeah. off their parents or the guy doesn't really have a solid job he's kind of bouncing around from starbucks to kmart to and kmart's not even business anymore walmart <laughs> that'd be really um, bad you know just kind of job bouncing and yeah, doesn't yeah. really have any don't do that like right. you need to be in a financial position to provide for your well life. i'm gonna go one step further i'm gonna go one step further once again we'll, we'll take a, Here we go. Yeah. Take a couple things in my opinion, I don't think you should be bank banking on your wife's support, like at all, when you go to get married. I would agree with that. Yeah. In which you know, hey, well, she she brings home a decent amount, and I bring home a decent amount together. I think we can make it. What that means is, in my opinion, your wife will probably never end up stop, or she'll never stop working because it's too convenient. You become too used to the money, 
And to to back off of that means you're going to have to take on a serious financial role. Maybe you can, and maybe you work up to that, and good for you if you do. Right. But it's so tempting to keep her working, and then the kids are in daycare, and then you know you put your kids in public school because boy, we just couldn't make it without her. You know what? If you hadn't ever married before, if if you had made sure that you were financially responsible enough, you go, Joe. Do you have any idea how expensive it is? Yeah, yeah. I do. I'm 29. Yeah. I'm not 74. I didn't grow up in the 60s where you know gas was 25 cents. Like, yeah. I realize it's really expensive, but I was also never going to make my wife work because I feel like her God-given role is to be a homemaker. And if I'm making her, and even worse, you see the women who make more than the man, how emasculating. And I'm sorry. That may happen to some watching. That's that's emasculating. Whether we want to, yeah. that may be a hot button thing, and people go, you can't say that. It's true. It's true. If yeah. your wife is bringing home the bacon more than you, it doesn't feel good as a man. Don't allow it to happen. Don't step into a marriage where that's yeah. you know right off the bat. Rachel and I, when we got married, um, she worked, uh, and it was something that we had agreed upon. But we also agreed that as soon as kids came around, yeah. um, she needed to be in a position where that work would not take her away from her kids. And of course, we have Jackson now, and we're about to have Brooklyn here in a few months. And she still works, but she is not away from him. Uh, she can do it remotely. She's at home. And it's one of those things that if, if your wife can pull that off, great. But if you're what, like Joe's saying, and I agree, if you're banking on your wife putting in a 35, 40 hour work week away from kids and away right. from her homemaking duties, it. away from keeping the home as God's word talks about, that's a problem. Um, let's, I'll let you, I've introduced the first two. So sure. you get us into the next one, which is a really big one as, as well. As far as responsibilities grow up. I, I mean, yeah. we can talk you about have a responsibility to grow up. You have a yeah. responsibility to grow up spiritually, financially. Our third one, you know, the the, the first, um, to rephrase that, the first responsibility is to take care of her spiritually. Second is to take care of her financially. The third is to grow up and to recognize I can't be playing video games till three in the morning. You know, I get on, get on um, whatever it may be, Destiny or whatever. I don't know what the Binge YouTube. Binge you know, YouTube. Binge Netflix, yeah. whatever. You get on Xbox Live with your buddies and you're just, this is what you do. This is what you've done. Not anymore. And we're not saying give up all hobbies. We're going to no. talk about that a little bit long, later. You know, It's not where you have to give up everything enjoyable and fun in your life. But let's face it, as a single person, you kind of get to indulge yourself quite a bit. That's right. That's not exactly how marriage works. And you also have to grow up emotionally. Yeah. Because marriage, you're now with somebody else in the house. How difficult is that, right? Where you're having to shift and adjust and grow and change. And if you're not prepared to handle the emotional woes of that, if you're prone to, you know, Breaking down easily to panic attacks to things like that. You have to grow up and realize I have to bring the best version of myself into this marriage. And if I am still a kid myself and I'm still pursuing all the kid things, and then I come into marriage and I just well I got a fellow kid with me. No, you don't. No, <laughs> Your you marriage don't. will will suffer. Yeah. The last one here is uh, as far as responsibilities go, you have a responsibility to realize that you're you need to be selfless. Yeah. Again, when you're single and you're not having to to take care of somebody else, it's it's. I don't want to say it's natural, but it's you have a higher likelihood of being very self-centered because right. you're worried about yourself, right? What you want to do, you're kind of enjoying yourself. Listen, when you get married, that self-centeredness has to dial so far back because you yeah. are now, you have somebody else that you, her feelings should supersede yours. Not, not in the sense that you have to just bow down to her and again, happy wife, happy life. It's not what we're talking about, but you have a responsibility to think of her needs first right. and to think of what, what she wants and what she needs in a manner that is respecting to her. Um... These are all a really big deal, and the reason why we wanted to cover all of these is because pursue marriage. It's great. It's it's amazing. 
But examine yourself in every yeah. single one of these areas. If you're somebody who's ready at the age to pursue marriage, are you ready financially? Are you ready spiritually? Have you grown up mentally and emotionally, as Joe was talking about? Have you grown up and kind of put away, not completely maybe, but put away the hours and hours of video games and hours and hours of YouTube and all that stuff? And so we want to, we have like, goodness, 10 minutes left to hit a lot of these as far as here's what a godly husband looks like. Yeah. Here's what a godly Practical. husband does. Some of these other ones have been kind of theoretical. Here is what a, a godly young man, a godly husband does. I'm going to kick off the first one because this is one that I know not, not a lot of young men are big readers these days. But there's a, one of the best books I've ever read was called Point Man by Steve Farrar. Mm. And one of the first, basically, the point of the book is here's how to lead a family, really. Excellent read. If you're a reader, please go buy it and read it for, for a guy. It's great. Um, here's how you lead your family. And one of the things he, one of the points he makes is you need to be a one-woman kind of man. And so our first thing that we have here is as far as here's what a godly husband does is he gives up his wandering eye. When you're dating and you're not married and you, you, you realize you haven't committed yet, it can be very easy to kind of still look around a little bit and is the grass greener over there? Ooh, that girl's really attractive, you know, and kind of compare and contrast. Yep. And I wonder what my life would be like with this person. You can't do that in marriage, or at least you shouldn't do that in right, marriage. Right. And so one of the things that you have to be ready for what a godly husband does, he doesn't have a wandering eye. Now, do you never notice an attractive girl? No, we're not, you're not going to be blind here. But are you, maybe you can speak more to this because it's something that I think the immature guys really struggle with. Well, yeah, because I wonder if she'll talk to me, right? That's, yeah. that's what we have. I wonder if she'll talk to me. That's what a kid says. And I work in this for a living. That's what sex addicts say as well is we want the validation of everybody wanting us and everybody liking us. and. That's a hot girl, and if I can if I can flirt with her a little bit, and if I can get her, to I'm like never going to do anything. Oh, of course, but, not. yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I'm married, and I'm happily married. Um, but there's that just there's an excitement, there's a dopamine hit that we get from the hot girl talking to us. No, yeah. shut that shut that down. You don't need that. You're in a committed relationship, and if you don't feel loved enough in your relationship, fix it. Number two, I'd say share hobbies and interests. We talked about this being fun. Share hobbies, yeah. share interests with one another, share likes, maybe even some dislikes. You mentioned traveling. Um, I, I'm a big traveler, as is my wife. So we got three kids now. That's a little harder to do. We still try to work it in where possible. But we talk about music together, new music, and, and new ideas of food and everything else. It's one of the coolest things. Like you have a best friend who you get to tell everybody, or you get to tell everything, like your thoughts and every and every, your thoughts on the latest right. movies, music. The Morgan Wallen album came out a few months ago. I know you're not a big fan. I listened to that whole album, and the first thing I wanted to do was tell Rachel about yeah. it and say, "Here's the songs I loved, and you got to listen to these." And man, it's fun to do that with oh, everything, yeah. with with the you know what happened at work or a really funny story you have. It's fun to be able to have that person that you share those things with, and that you like you're talking about the experiences with travel and yeah. hobbies, and man, that's something that's a real positive aspect. We're going to have an entire episode dedicated to what to look for in a wife. Yeah, one of those things will be marry your best friend. Yeah. I think that's such a valuable point. In what you're saying is how fun is it? I mean, we like doing that with our best friends. This is best friends times 10. It's on yeah. steroids. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so cool to be able to share those things together. I would also say motivate each other. This one's goals. big. Yeah. This one's big. And I'm actually going to let you speak to this because I think you do this better than almost any other. And I know a lot of couples, pretty much better than any other couple I know in terms of motivating one another. Well, I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people who push you to be better and who push you to be greater. Um, I, I may have brought this up before. The most successful people in the world don't surround themselves with lazy couch potato losers. Right. Uh, the best athletes in the world don't surround themselves with unathletic slobs. <laughs> right. They surround, for the most part, I'm assuming. But, you know, you see these guys that they surround themselves with people who are going to motivate them and push them to do better. 
I think marriage can be great for that as well. Um, you know, you have goals that you want to hit. You've got things that you want to be better at and improve on. Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's fitness. Maybe it's uh, Bible study. Maybe it's, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. You have a best friend, a partner in crime, so to speak, who you can motivate each other. You can learn her goals and how you can keep her accountable. She can learn your goals and how she can keep you accountable. That's such a a, a cool asset to have as somebody who is married, to have somebody who you can motivate and who you can really hold accountable. And I want to dig into this a little bit more. We don't have this on the outline. A good husband has vision. Yeah. He knows where the the relationship needs to go. It's not, hey, we're really happy. Let's just stay here. I have the mantra, if you're stagnant, you're dying. Yeah. Uh, where do you either, want to be in a year, in three years, in five years? That's exactly it. Yeah. You're either growing or you're going backwards. And that can be daunting. And yeah, you're, you know, pushing one another constantly. No, there's times to just relax. But for the most part, a man needs to have a vision of, yeah, where are we going to be in a year? Where are we going to be in three years, five years, 10 years? Where are we going to be in a month from now? What do we want to do over this next month that's really going to challenge us to be better? That's a big part of the process. And so you need to have the foresight. And if you're not doing that for yourself, you have no business being in marriage. It's that much harder to motivate somebody else. Episode two, we talked about setting goals for yourself. Yeah. That's huge for godly young men. You've got to set goals for yourself. That's right. One of the great things about being married is you now have goals you can set still individually, but also together and work together. You have an accountability partner. Exactly. Get us into the next one. This was one that you had on here that's a really good one as well. Yeah, which is viewing yourself. You have to view yourself as part of the whole. And what I mean by that, this actually speaks very much to the selflessness one, um, the, the responsibility of selflessness that we have. You have to realize it's no longer just you. Because we can have the idea of, oh, man, I need my me time. And, <laughs> and so I get home from work and I just need to sit in front of the TV for at least an hour before I can even talk to anybody. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the camera. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that guy yeah. who has to show up at, at home and your wife's been waiting to see you and maybe the kids are, hold on. I need some me time. You're now I gotta, part. I got to decompress. That's exactly yeah. it. You're part of something bigger, and you have a responsibility to your wife to really to 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 be there for her and to care about her and, and to recognize she's been without you today as well. I see so many guys who are, are kind of big kids. They're individuals, and the wife is kind of a nice side hobby. No, your wife is something that you you know she is your hobby, so to speak. And and the idea that I was saying off air to you, and then I'll turn it over to you. There's kind of an idea of like, I have to be around my wife, right? And nobody says it, but like, I have to do these things because they yeah, view their really wife as a as another burden or another Correct. duty. They another have to duty that I have to fill. That's perfect. Another duty that I have to fill. Instead of I get to talk to my wife tonight. I can't wait to get home. Man, I'm gonna call her. I'm on my. I'd hate to see my. If I didn't have unlimited on Verizon, my goodness, you'd be out of luck. Man. I would be out of money. <laughs> is what I'd be out of. Uh, my, because any time that car time that I have. Call up Alyssa. Hey, what's going on? I just left the house literally 30 seconds ago. Guess who I'm calling? He doesn't well, go back and listen to this podcast because he only talks to his wife in the that's car. That's <laughs> very legitimate. I hardly ever get through any of our podcasts or any podcast for that reason. I'm talking to her all the time. Yeah. Why? Because I want to. Because that's fun for me. Because I realize I'm now part of something bigger than just me. And yeah, I could have my own time. Granted, I mean, but we'll get into that next, uh, you know, about making sure we stay as individuals, but at the same time, and I'll let you kick us off into that in just a second, but make sure that when you get into marriage, you're a husband who enjoys his wife's presence. Yeah. And if you don't, first off, don't marry her, if that's the case. <laughs> Second off, if you don't, you say, well, I did at one point, what went wrong? Let's go back. What's and changed? Let's rekindle that. Let's spark that. Yeah. Make sure you're enjoying your wife. So there's a flip side to this one because everything Joe said is 100% accurate and, and true. You you have to view yourself as 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 a part of a whole, as a family, as a couple, yeah. not just you as part an individual. Part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Exactly. 
On the other hand, and this is one that I've always been kind of passionate about. No, I, well, this one is. The next one kind of ties into it, so maybe we can group these together. You don't want to lose yourself as an individual either. And again, this is one of those, it is such a fine line. You could very easily fall from one, you could very easily fall on the side that Joe was speaking of, which is, well, I've got my stuff that I've got to do, and I've got stuff, my stuff that I want to do. And so, you know, honey, I'll get to you when I can, or, you know, right. I'll talk to you when I can. That's not good. However, the other side of it, the other side of the ditch that's bad is, again, you're you're bowing to your to your wife's every single need, yep. and you, you never can pursue anything. You, you can't finish your degree because you're so busy taking care of her. You can't pursue any kind of self-betterment, can't exercise, can't any of those things. You still have some, some duty to yourself as an individual to pursue greatness, to strive yeah, for right. greatness in that's every right. single area. And again, hopefully you're motivating each other to do those, those things so it's not a problem. But I see a lot of couples who... They get married, and what was two very sharp, contrasting individuals come together, and it's just kind of blah. Like there, there's nothing there anymore. It's just you yeah. know they're married, and there's just no no pursuit. If if, if that right. makes sense, this might be this is kind of hard to explain. But I think a lot of times we can lose our individuality in because you may have somebody who says, "Well, leave and cleave," and, and the whole point is the two become one, which is right? true. To yeah. become one flesh, that is true. But you have to have two strong individuals to make something strong. If you have two weak individuals, what do you have is the one flesh. You have something. The analogy weak. I would use as a as a football team or a basketball team. You've got different positions right. that all have to do their job and all have to pursue their individual roles on the team. Right. If they all do their job really well, guess what? The team is going to do way team better. Wins. They yeah. don't all just come together and say, oh, well, we've all kind of got the same job. And well, you know, we'll right. all just kind of figure it out. We're on no. the same team. Right. You know, no, they have their own roles and their own skills and positions. And so, but guess when their team is the best? Right. When everybody's performing at, the, at the highest level. So Perfect illustration. But it goes to your next point that I think ties in. This is the one this. that I'm most And this is the about, one that yeah. I'm still going to tee off on because I think you're very passionate. I think you say it really well. And that's the idea. Don't stop trying after you get married. This is a big pet peeve of both of ours, yeah. specifically yours. Don't stop trying after you get married. And again, the way we're trying to frame all these is here's what a godly husband does. A godly husband does not stop trying after marriage. I see so often, I see it mostly with health and fitness. Yeah. But in other areas as well where, man, the guy's trying really hard to get the girl. He's chasing her. He's pursuing her. He's working out because he wants to, he, some he weight, wants to yeah. look. He's losing weight. He's eating well. He's he's making sure his teeth are white. He's making sure he's smelling good. He's trying really hard. You know, he wants to get to know or ask her questions, surprise her with stuff. Well, and groomed, he's going yeah. above and beyond, you know, doing his hair, all these things. Gets married, and four weeks later, what is he not doing? Any of the things he was doing right. before he got married. What a shame. That's a travesty. Yep. That is ridiculous. And it, you know, it speaks to the Strive for Greatness episode that we started this whole podcast with. Why do you stop trying after we get married? I don't want to be mean to anybody. I'm not trying to bully people, but I see so many guys specifically, and girls as well, unfortunately, who they get married and their face is kind of blown up a little bit. They, they, You can tell like yeah. everything has just stopped. They've stopped trying. And where that really gets dangerous is when they stop pursuing their spouse. That's right. They stop dating their spouse. They stop having interest in their spouse. They stop right. surprising their spouse. A godly husband doesn't do those things. Yeah. You went from, oh, well, he brought me flowers. And you're like, aren't I the best boyfriend ever? To you get married and it's like, when's the last time I brought my wife flowers? Like, it was a long time ago. Why? Yeah. Why would you not? If you can date her before, you can date her after. And if she fell in love with the guy who was bringing her chocolates and flowers and super thoughtful and, and you know, was there for her. And the guy who was a, working on himself and exactly. pursuing things. He's yeah. working on himself. He's he's taking care of his, you know, again, taking care of himself to 
the scruff. I can't even grow scruff, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> but, you know, the, the scruffy look and the kind of greasy hair, and he's ballooned 40 pounds, and boy, he's really out of shape and just doesn't at the gym. But I want you to desire me just as much, and I never buy you anything, and I don't bring flowers. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Let's not let's be real with ourselves and realize a godly husband is somebody who continues to pursue his wife, but continues to pursue himself. Yeah. The the positive relationship with himself. We're we're about to wrap up. We got two more. Godly husband doesn't just devote his nighttime, and and we kind of discussed this already, so we'll move through it fast. But his nighttime routine to TV and video games. The godly husband doesn't just come home, plop on Netflix. And, you know, sit there for two hours and not say anything or do anything or I just need my me time or whatever else um, or the video games. Well, I would say beach. think about like when you're single and you've been working all day or you're in school and you, you've used your brain all day. What is it kind of natural to want to do when you get home? Man, just kind of enjoy yourself, veg. you know, veg yep. out. Um, yep. And to some extent, there's not a lot of harm in that. Right. But when you get married, if that's still your ideal night every single night you know to and even if it's with your wife to just man we're gonna watch four hours of parks and rec or you know we're gonna uh, you know just watch two movies or whatever yeah, it binge is this entire series yeah, yeah. that's man your marriage is gonna be rather unfulfilling and right. know, again we're not saying you can't enjoy movies and shows that's one thing that i, that I would say is have some stuff you can bond yeah. over and enjoy together but man if, if your nighttime routine is consistently even if whether it's by yourself or with your spouse you're in front of a tv for four hours that's not great and part of this is very normal i do want to normalize that yeah. you know if, if you're a godly young man and you're watching and you have been married part of this is very normal my wife and i did the same thing well, it's way more TV now. We did too when we first got married. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's very normal is you're trying to figure out what does your nighttime routine look like and we can bond over a show and it's nice and easy. Our point is you're going to get to the point where if that's what you're still doing 10 years in, you know, you're still you're still just playing video games together and that's kind of, I feel like you're missing out on a lot of what God has, yes. has given you to do. And so don't just devote all your nighttime routine to that. I this ties into the last one though. Correct. And the last one, Pursue an active prayer and study life with your this wife. This is what a godly husband does. This is this is the the penultimate. This is why we put it last. This is why where all of them wrap up into it is if you're not pursuing a an active prayer and study life, all of this is kind of for not. Okay, great. You're hitting the gym. Great. You're emotionally present with your wife. If you're not doing this, yes, it goes back to the spiritual responsibilities. If you're not doing this with your wife, the rest really kind of don't matter. Yeah. And this speaks to what we started the episode with, with Ephesians 5 of you're cleansing your wife with the washing of water by the word, sanctifying her. You're, you're the spiritual leader. And so guess what? There's going to be nights when you don't need to turn Netflix on. There's going to be sure. nights when you're exhausted and you don't want to do anything, but you need to have a Bible study with your wife. You need to pray with her. You sure. need to do all these things. And we're going to get into next week with kids, especially. That's right. You have to really dial this in and, 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 get to the point where you're not just going to give in to the urge to go sit in the recliner because that's man it's it's, it's such a temptation for guys you I think. lose you lose some sleep sometimes my wife and i get up early if we want to have our alone time with god's word together we got to get up before the kids you know yeah. you're talking six six thirty um okay that's if that's what it takes that's what it takes because this is really really important that doesn't mean we're coming from a place on high we're perfect in no way am I perfect. We're still on this. working on a lot we're of these. We're still working things. on a lot of these things, but these are things that we look at and say, when our marriages are going well, we're doing these things. When our marriages aren't yeah. going well, maybe we're we're skipping out on some of these things and the other marriages that we see and that I work with. Um once again, we really want to come back around to marriage is intended to be fun. It's it's, it's one of the great. best, it's yeah. one of the biggest blessings. As a matter of fact, it's the pinnacle of creation, right? He's created for six days and he creates man on the sixth day. He says it's not quite not quite perfect yet. Yeah. It's not good for man to be alone. And yeah. he creates a helpmeet, and marriage is the last thing that God creates on earth. Like 
unbelievable. How amazing is that? And then he says it mirrors Christ in the church, the relationship of Christ How amazing the is that? Yeah. Like he puts so much of a special nature to this. I mean, he just puts so much um, of an of a emphasis on marriage itself. We ought to do the same, and it can be fantastic. It's it, And I go back to what I said at the beginning. It is what we make it. Yeah, and it's super, it's super important. Next week's going to be super important as well, talking about, hey, you know, we, we did this one first because hopefully you're not going to be a dad before your husband. We need to be husbands first and then be dads. Um, that's going to be a, a good episode as well as we kind of drill into that. What does that exactly look like? Um, but this is this is one of those things that you just work on these things. Don't be overwhelmed and say, man, I'm really bad in all those areas. That's okay. Work on them. Get better at them. We're still doing that uh, as well in, in a lot of these areas. And so um, we wanted this to be an encouraging episode, a challenging episode for sure, but an encouraging one. So as always, leave us feedback. Leave us comments as far as what you think. Maybe something we left out that's really helped you or maybe something you've seen in other marriages that you think, hey, we need to include that one. Or even questions you might have. Yeah, exactly. About. Exactly. Let us know. So we'll be back next week talking about dads and, and really drilling into how do you be a godly dad as a godly young man how do you be a godly dad and so that'll be episode 20 that'll be next week so join us next week for episode 20 of the godly young men podcast